Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Okay, thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have John Kepley. He's the CEO of Fidelis Ideas. He's a startup junkie, alumni, entrepreneur, started Technetics in 2007, and the first year was eligible for Inc. 500. He's also an 11-year EO member and co-chair of Structural Growth there. Um, really phenomenal to have him on the show. James, John, thanks for, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Uh, so, John, you know, we have a lot of things to talk about uh, because I know that in 2007, we were talking previously about how, you know, this company was eligible for Inc. 500. We can go into that and the transition through that whole process uh, and then what you're currently doing with Fidelis Ideas. But where are you originally from? Nashville. I'm born and raised here in Middle Tennessee. Nice. And so, so you're still in Nashville currently? I am. Uh, you know... We're a currently. I'm looking out of a, a office building in downtown, and I can see uh, over 20 large cranes. Uh, nice. The uh, the last 10 years have been an amazing uh, transformation of, of the city I grew up in into um, really a, a, a hub for for all industries. Yeah, 100. percent That's amazing. You stayed there, and you you know you went through this whole entrepreneur journey in Nashville. How did how did that look like? Did you go to college for business or? Uh, what was your kind of upbringing as far as education? Uh, Education-wise, I, uh, I don't have a bachelor's degree. I, I went to school, uh, did fairly well in high school, got, went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and uh, had, a, had a little bit of an arrogant attitude there. Uh, got sent home, went to a, uh, a, a community college, uh, here in Middle Tennessee, uh, Volunteer State Community College, and, and got my associates and tried to go back, uh, and it just didn't work. What I realized was colleges were much more interested in the money I was paying them than what I felt they were trying to teach me to go make any money. Yeah. And uh, I ended up uh, leaving, and which kind of started my journey uh, through, through that process. It's interesting. I actually ran a... Um, education initiative for the National Technology Council, uh, where we were trying to connect industry and uh, our, our universities. Nashville, Middle Tennessee specifically, there's 17 two and four year schools uh, uh, here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, we're actually the only one even close to that is, is up in the Northeast. Wow. And so I was sitting and I've actually sat with university presidents talking to them about their curriculum as it relates to STEAM education uh, and was sitting in front of a bunch of educators at one point and I got introduced to somebody who has a bachelor's degree from, from the University of Tennessee. And as I got up, I went in and I said, listen, I, I need to, no offense, I need to correct something. I, I, I don't have a bachelor's degree. Uh, 
and here's why. And here's why I'm passionate about education because I believe you as educators want to be teaching your students something that actually will help them down the road. And I, I don't believe you're doing that today. And, and, I, and that's why I'm, I'm standing in front of you. And, and um, had somebody in the back raise their hand and I was like, I was a little bit you know, fearful of what was about to be said, right? And he said, hey, I, I believe I can speak for everybody in the room. If you, if you want a piece of paper that says you graduated from my university, I'm happy to give it to you today, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, I appreciate that. I don't want to take away. I know how hard it is. Now, my wife, interestingly enough, has a undergrad in chemical engineering and a master's of engineering from Vanderbilt here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, so we're two ends of the spectrum uh, wow. specifically. So. That's so interesting. So you kind of had this position where you're just, you know, the educational system was not uh, being able to fulfill, you know, what you what you desired um, in the process. And then you just kind of, you just eventually dropped out. Did you go straight into a company or did you start a company at that point? Uh, what did you do? I didn't know what it, what that was going to look like. I'm a, I'm a sales person by by just innate nature, and so I started going. To, I got into sales, uh, then I got into specifically. I got into staffing with a large large company uh, in recruiting, and did well there. Made my way up the ladder, and uh, ultimately helped reorganize an office, uh, one of their offices down in Tampa, Florida, uh, in uh, between 2000 and 2001. And when that was over, we parted ways. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm never working for somebody else again. And so uh, I walked out and said, I'm, I'm starting my, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this started. And that's, uh, that started my journey. Uh, so I've been in, I guess I've been officially an entrepreneur since 01. So what was the kind of, what was that? Was there anyone that was a mentor? Were your parents entrepreneurs and business owners? Like what kind of motivated you to go that direction? Because it's a big move. Most people don't take the risk to be able to go that direction. My whole family are entrepreneurs, actually. My, my dad and my, I, so I'm, a, I'm a farm kid. I'm a middle Tennessee farm kid. And so I grew up on a farm, work, learned work ethic there. My grandfather and, and dad owned, owned that. My mom, my mom owned a small florist in, our, in the small town we grew up in, Westmoreland. I had an uncle that owned a stockyard. I had another grandfather that owned a gas station at one point. So everybody was a small business owner, uh, kind of owned something. That's what I grew up around. Mm. It was, so it, it was innate to me to just go, okay, well, you know, I'll just go do this. Right. (laughs) Now the word entrepreneur was never used, right. That, that was just, Hey, you just kind of owned a small business and you ran it and you, and and you, and you went along your way. Um, so I'm, uh, I was a, I was a, I didn't know it at the time, but it, it completely uh, shaped how I looked at things. Like, why would I not go and do this? It didn't feel good to be in a large organization, right? And be a part of one little thing and, and those things that, that never felt comfortable to me. And so um, I'm definitively a zero to $10 million guys is really where I, where I fit. That's amazing. And I you know I hear this uh, from, if you're, if you're familiar with Patrick Pitt, David, he, he talks about how, um, the majority of Americans or what, what the, what America was founded upon back in the early constitutional kind of, you know, settlement days, almost everyone was an entrepreneur. Everyone worked for themselves. They had a trade, they had a thing they had a little business. And so it was the majority of America was really, they're all business owners, you know, and that's, that's where America was kind of founded upon. And now, you know, it's about seven to 8% or something like that, that are, that are actually people that own companies. So it's a majority of it. Actually, it's, it's switched. But when you grew up, 
like, you know, for the first entrepreneurs were farmers, you know, <laughs> they're like, okay, how about you going to sell some chickens? We're going to sell some eggs, you know, or, you know, they were hustling their products, you know? <laughs> it, it's hard work, man. I mean, I, I grew up, um, uh, we did in middle Tennessee back in the day, you did, you did tobacco, you did cattle, you did corn and, and soybeans and all those things. Um, that's a, that's a life that is, uh, is really rewarding. I watched my, my dad and my grandfather just, you know, work their, their behinds off. Um, I, uh, I am not, uh, some reason that gene didn't hit me, uh, on that side of the fence. So I'm, I'm not necessarily a farmer. I can't grow anything. Um, but, uh, my dad did, that didn't bother my dad. My dad was like, I'm not trying to teach you how to farm. I'm teaching you how to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, so my holding company that, that I, I do everything uh, kind of inside of is called Handshake Investments. He uh, he said you have your handshake and your last name as as two of your your pillars that you should yeah. um, make sure you take care of. And and so the kind of a ode to him is is uh, is the name of that of, of that firm. And, um, I love that. That's really really good. So um so so you so in two thousand one that was like your first kind of entry level into entrepreneurship. Um, you had that kind of first first business set off uh and when when did you kind of have your first major business success was that right after around there or was it a few years or did you get we, we started we started having success i mean I, I started it's it's to use the work ethic that i grew up with you know you just get in and, and i was a smiling dial guy right and so i had no problem you know banging the phones and, and, and doing what we needed to do there the 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 guy that was the ceo of the company uh so i came in as a as a, as a small very minority partner uh, to get it off the ground and, and, um, just started hustling, right. Just started getting in front of people, having conversations. And then it was just, can you work harder than everybody else? And that was, uh, something that I was, uh, innately kind of built to do. And, and we started growing, uh, we grew, grew year over year. We were in the, in Nashville, you know, that your business journals had their awards or the chambers have their awards. We were a future 50 hall of fame company. Uh, so we hit, we hit the future 55 years in a row. Nice. Um, I was able to, to give the keynote, uh, interestingly enough, I gave the keynote, uh, to, for that award ceremony, uh, on our sixth year when we were given the hall of fame award, uh, two months before I walked out to start technetics. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to sit in the seat and be the CEO, uh, be careful what you wish for. We can talk, there's probably a whole podcast around that one <laughs> right. uh, of, of, of wanting to sit in that seat, but, um, at that point, I was I was too stupid to know that. So that was the point. So you know, ignorance is bliss in in some, in some cases. So. so you so you had an exit around like two years before. So two thousand five, you had an exit. You got some you got some equity payout of some sort, and then you took that income and then you started taking that. You know, I wish I was that smart. Uh, I actually walked out in 07 and I left it all. I, I left the ownership stake. I mean, it was not a not an it was not an equitable split, and okay. so I I walked out with zero. Uh, founded, you, learned a uh, lot, you know, <laughs> had some, had some money, uh, had, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of lessons. Founded Technetics, uh, with, uh, $15,000 from, from my wife and I, and then $15,000 from my partner. And so for, with 30 grand, um, in October of 2007. Now what's interesting about that is Ben Bernanke says that their official recession started in December of 07. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, we were sapping, we were a sapping firm, right? And so yeah. uh, we, we had, uh, we, so we were going to 08 and uh, I think my, my W2 was like $15,000. Uh, 
uh, in uh, in 2008, uh, and uh, wife uh, was not happy about about that one specifically, right? But we, you know, we made it through that uh, that piece. I think we did half a million dollars in business that year. Um, in 09, we did 1.5 million, and uh, we, you know, so we triple. Uh, nice. the following awesome. year, and, and then we doubled the next year, and doubled the next year after that, um, to uh, to put us on the ink list. So, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where you just, you know, we talk a lot about entrepreneurship, but there's points where you either believe it or don't, um, and and the the, the universe specifically will, will test that test that theory. Definitely, hundred um. percent. So, so real quick, so we went through, you, you gained, you grow that, you grow technetics, um, you know, you grew it for several years and then what was the kind of in process where you kind of had that exit and you went to, um, what you're doing now? So, uh, I'm an, I, I'm an aggressive growth guy and, uh, in 2012 made the decision that we we've gotten to a point where we were kind of at a, a crossroads of, are we going to continue this? aggressive growth streak or not. Yeah. My partners were like, Hey, we need to kind of settle out and, and, and not do that. I was not on that uh, same wavelength. And so I, um, I bought them out in 2012 to take the company forward because I wanted to continue to, to grow um, and continue to double every year. And, and yeah. uh, 2013 uh, was First quarter of 2013 was the worst business quarter I've ever experienced. Now it's interesting that you know the rest of the world was coming out of the recession and, and really you know taking hold. Uh, I just were, I was over aggressive and uh, the business started wobbling and and you know we had some some debt at that point uh, due to the buyouts and uh, I thought that 2013, 14, and 15 and ultimately. Um, had to didn't get an exit. I exited everybody else and helped them make money, but I ended up uh, uh, with in 2016 with no company and a lot of debt sitting on. What my, was your kind of learning experience? On my that? that's, a, that's a major learning experience. What would what would be some of like the lessons that maybe you learned through that whole process of buying them out 2012, 2013, 2013 through 16, kind of through the, going through that difficult CEO position? Man, so many. One. Looking back, I should have uh, in 2012 looked around and said, "Hey, you know what? We're blessed to have grown almost a thousand percent since mm -hmm. the moment we we started the business, and um, let's take a year and breathe." Right in 2012, let's just you know let's understand and, and really structurally prepare the company for what we want to be moving forward and 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 to do things. Uh, much more strategically than than really kind of a bull in the pot china shop, which was where I was at then. That works sometimes. The, <laughs> the, you know, I um, uh, I am definitely you know my wife uh, constantly says I'm a bull in the china shop. It's a it's just a philosophy of let's just go right, yeah. and we'll figure it out along the way. Right. Uh, there is a point where you need to aim before you shoot, mm -hmm. and that was a very tough lesson that. I uh, needed to learn. I had to learn the hard way. Yeah, that's like the uh, I was a shoot and aim. You know, shoot bullets, not and then and then and then cannonballs. That whole process. And so it's a. Uh, I, I learned that, and then I, I learned 
patience. Uh, you know, I also kind of got my swing taken from me. So I had always been able to outsell any problem I'd ever experienced in my business career. I, I had just been able to. Have. Yeah, I love that. I, I could just, it was just put more effort in, right? Just make more phone calls, go at it harder, you know, be, and, and I'm a, I am a, uh, I'm innately a business development person. So uh, all of a sudden I couldn't, I couldn't outsell my problem. Uh, it's the first time in my career that I, I had ever felt that. And that was, that was a big deal. It's kind of like taking a, a, a professional golfer swing away from them. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't get a base hit or I couldn't get a, I couldn't hit it down the, down the fairway, whichever way you want to say that. And uh, I needed to re rebuild uh, what, what I was going to be moving forward. And I also make the decision in 2016, am I going to see an entrepreneur or do I go work for somebody and, and be a sales guy and, and, and make a salary and, and, and those kind of things. Yeah, super challenging. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of internal conversations that happened uh, during that period. I was, I was blessed. Uh, I'll give a shout out to a, to a, a guy who really helped save me during that period of time. Cause there were some dark days uh, in March of 2016. I met a, uh, a former monk by the name of Dan Dapani and uh, in through EO, EO had a, we, we, he, he came to Nashville to see our chapter and um, his philosophy of, you know, seeing things through a, uh, through a lens of suffering is actually a good thing and it, it will help and it will, it will mold you into a better and stronger version. If you allow it, uh, it's just not a great process to have to go through. And uh, 16, 17, and 18 were, were really tough years for me personally, uh, for my family, uh, because I was having to re, I was having to go through that, that, mat, that maturation process. It was and, a transformational and, process. And a process. It really was. I mean, I, I'm a completely different version today than I was at that time. Uh, but, you know, if given the chance, if you give it the chance, be able to look back the only way that I'm able to sit here today and with the opportunity that Fidelis Ideas has to disrupt the loyalty industry uh, is because I had to go through that process and, and get those scars um, and, and learn and, and mature through that process. So I'm, I'm a, you know, I don't know of an entrepreneur that hasn't a real entrepreneur that, that hasn't gone through some kind of, of transformational process, either personal or professional. Uh, it, it, it's almost a, a rite of passage that you have to go through. It's the one that nobody talks about. Mm. Uh, hey, you're going to go through a point in your life where something hits you and it's going you to, you've you got to, you. <laughs> it will. It, I mean, honestly, goodness, I was, I was at breaking points during that process. Uh, I learned meditation from Dan Napani uh, in March of 2016. Uh, I'm a Christian, uh, just, you know, my religion, but a Hindu priest is, is, is somebody that uh, that absolutely taught me some invaluable uh, tools. There's to definitely ancient wisdom throughout that. all religions. So you know, I 100% agree with that. You know, there's wisdom is wisdom regardless of who it comes from. You know, like a, yeah. a homeless guy in the street can tell, give me some wisdom behind being a jerk, and I don't care his religion background, whether he's just done heroin 10 minutes ago or whatever. Truth is truth, you know. Truth is truth. That's exactly right. I love it. And so Dan Dupont is, is still is still a mentor and friend and, and somebody that I, I look to for, for guidance. So. so that transformational process ended around 2018 and then you started Fidelis Ideas. Was there kind of like this kind of interesting transition from you know coming out of that dark place and then going into this like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start another company now. 
later, in, actually in late 2016, uh, I meet a, another guy in Nashville who owned a, a mobile gaming company and wanted to get into building business apps um, and bring that over. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Let's, you know, and I was trying to, I was doing some staffing and some different things um, through that process uh, to make ends meet. And uh, I said, well, that's interesting. Let's go do that. And so I, it was, you know, to go from placing people from a staffing model standpoint to actually having a team that can take ownership of something and, and build it, uh, started making my phone calls to, to my, you know, kind of went back into call mode, went, made some phone calls to friends. And that's interesting. We actually won some business through that process. And we started that company called Tech in 2017. And in, tw- in the middle of 2017, when I'm, you know, or late 2017, early 2018, when I'm in front of a buddy of mine who's the CIO of a, of a, of a convenience store company, um, I was saying, he was going, hey, yeah, we're going to have to rebuild our app and all the things because we're because of the transition they were going through. And I said, well, let us do the app and let us redesign your loyalty structure, that loyalty app using gaming mechanics to see if we can do something completely different than anybody else is doing. And he said, well, that's really interesting. Let's talk through that. And, and through 2018 and those conversations, I realized I'd stumbled upon something that um, I was like, wow, this, this we can really transform, transform that marketplace utilizing our knowledge uh, as a company. And from that, Fidelis Ideas was born. Uh, Fidelis is Latin for loyalty. And so that's where that that comes from. Um, And so we are a consumer engagement loyalty platform helping our clients utilize the omni-channel approach to better give their customer or guest an experience that no one else can give them. And our gaming background, our mobile gaming background, gives us a different lens to go after that with. And so it's re-defining, engineering a a guest guest or customer journey. Um, So you're gamifying that process. So that way- I'm gamifying gamifying that process. (laughs) Everyone loves games. I mean, I can understand that. Yeah. Hey, listen. I mean, I mean, most recently. I mean, uh, in, through uh, when Zegna gave their earnings uh, in, in last quarter, they they actually gave a statistic that I don't know that anybody really paid attention to, but I did, and it was the fact that Apple's iTunes Store is sixty two percent reliant on mobile games. Wow. Now think about that number. Apple's iTunes Store is sixty. Their revenue is sixty two percent reliant on mobile games. That's crazy. That's how important games are to the, one of the largest, what, three largest companies on earth yeah. today. Um, I mean, it's the, the, the hyper casual game segment is, uh, is transformative in a way that it gives people a, a, a break from reality, right? Uh, 62% of your mobile gamers are female. Right? It's an interesting statistic, right? 25% of mobile gamers are over the age of 50. Wow. <laughs> so you, I mean, so this, I mean, the the genre that it that it it spans is large. So you can really hit everyone traffic with certain. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's hitting some place, somebody in a place where uh, they're having a little fun and and, and and their mind relaxes a little bit and are open to seeing new. Uh, and that's um, that's a place where we want to we want to. What does that process look like? Like, if I wanted to, let's say, I wanted to hire. Um, Fidelis, and then start to gamify my my consumer engagement process. What would it look like? So, 
So Delos, we were actually building two products, one for the retail industry, one for hospitality, uh, utilizing the same core technology. So we're modularizing that, not to get too geekish. I, I'm a I'm a technologist uh, geek at heart, so I, I love talking about it. But we are, uh, that platform is going to re-engage consumers at different points. So our uh, hospitality product, uh, if you look at Disney today, Disney engages with a guest or a park uh, attendee in a way that puts them in an ecosystem that they own, right? They're utilizing their, their magic band, they're utilizing the app to, to, to engage with you digitally in a physical environment, mm-hmm. right? And they own that process. They own you as long as you're within that, in, in, their, in their ecosphere, right? right. Um, today, uh, we're, our product, Lena, is a digital concierge bot that will help a, a, a hotel give their guest a, a theme park type experience in the city they're in. So we're going to geofence the city, so Nashville as the city. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give through the app, through their loyalty app, right, opportunities to engage with that city in a unique and different way, right? Where we're going to, you know, we're partnering with Lyft and we're going to give you a Lyft code to get you from the hotel to the, so from the airport to the hotel, right? Yeah. You, were, you, I mean, you use anywhere from three to seven apps today in, um, when you travel, we want you to be able to, use, if you're going to one of our hotels, right? One of our customers, we want you to be able to use one, right? And in that, engage that city and get unique experiences because we're going to give you a ghost key to do so. Um, and through that, the, being able to garner that kind of loyalty, right? Saying, oh, you know, I can't get this through anything else, right? And have Lena hand it to you uh, is something that, that our technology is, is giving our, our clients uh, and, our, and our hotels uh, ability to do. It's pretty phenomenal. You're doing some really great work. Is this more of a B2B model or a B2C model? It looks at it as both aspects. Are you selling, you're, but you're selling this digital concierge bot specifically to the companies and then they're, you know, and then you're managing that process between that company and their consumer and their, and their customers. But you're looking yes. for companies. So we're, we're looking for companies, right? We're looking for, for hotel groups, specifically boutique lifestyle branded hotel groups that want to give their consumers a little bit of a different uh, uh, experience than, than maybe other box retailers uh, do. Uh, you go stay in a boutique hotel, like a dream hotel group. Dream hotel group is our first, uh, is our beta client. Um, and through that, they want to give something unique to their guests. Yeah. Well, their, their Lena will be able to give, will match them, right? And so, uh, you know, you're going to be able to, uh, custom design your Lena to make your, your version of Lena to your hotel to match it um, and give your guests something. I'll, I'll say this. So back um, a couple of years ago, uh, Kevin Johnson, who's the CEO of, of Starbucks, mm-hmm. said something really interesting on CNBC that I was able to hear. And what he said was, he said, today in the, in the brick and mortar space, you have to create a great uh, brick and mortar uh, feel and experience combined with a digital relationship. 
we are giving our customers the digital relationship that they're missing today. That's if you do omni-channel today well, you win in a, in a way that is, that is off the chart, right? It's why Howard Schultz gave the CEO reins to a technologist out of Juniper Networks, right? And Kevin Johnson, not another, you know, retailer, right? I mean, it was that, that, that spoke volumes. If you look at what Chipotle has done over the last four months, I don't know if anybody's looked at their stock price, but it's went from 400 to 1150 a share. That's great. In a four month period of time, because they had won this, they controlled the opportunity to engage with the consumer on a phone and was able to, um, to give them a, a, an opportunity to say, hey, I need food, right? Well, and I want to order it and I just want to go in and it's prepared and I can walk out and I have my mask on and I'm safe, right? In that, in that perspective. I mean, the, the ones that are doing it well are winning, uh, but unfortunately, Uber Beauty, Ulta, I'm sorry, Ulta Beauty, uh, number top five stock from 2010 to 2020, they have 30 million loyalty users on their app. But they interact digitally relationship-wise through the app, but, the, but their, their end user still goes to the store to buy the product. It's, it's, a, it's a homogeneous, homogeneous um, opportunity to intertwine those things, and, and our technology is giving our customers yeah. the opportunity to do that. So Fidelis Ideas kind of creates that synergy from transitioning from a, you know, 20, 2012, you know, mostly in-person relation email based kind of communication into more technology um, kind of, kind of, or another person, another, another guest of mine uh, called it like humology, like transitioning between humans and technology and really kind of creating a synergy between those two. And that's where you guys, you guys do. That's really phenomenal. I know you're in the hospitality space right now. And um, I didn't want to talk about this briefly, um, but what was it? What's the, what's the kind of experience that you've seen through this whole transition? Because the hospitality, hospitality space has really dropped significantly um, and is changing. Uh, how has it affected Fidelis? We have, uh, we're actually more needed today than we were prior. And I thought we were needed prior right, to, to COVID and the pandemic. The hospitality industry has taken it on the chin, de definitely. It will come back stronger than ever. It will learn through this process. What is lacking is the ability to talk to that guest that may that may um, be there other than through email, right? And you know, email is is a is a uh, who knows if they, if you see it or not, right? In email. If, you're, if you've got an app and you can talk personally to that individual or that guest and say, here's what we're doing to make your stay safe. Here's, it's been two days since you may stayed in that room, right? Would that make a difference, right? Say, hey, I, I, I know specifically that this is, that it's been two days since anybody stayed in the room that I'm about to stay in. Would that make you feel more safe? Our technology will give our, our, get, our hotels an opportunity to convey that to the guests before they get there, right? From that, from that standpoint. Um, we know that also this, all things are not going to be created equal, right? Everybody's not going to rise at the same time. There's going to be winners and losers in this deal. What we want to do is give our clients the opportunity to win by giving them something uh, unique that maybe that, that's the difference between they stay here versus there, right? And I think our technology uh, is, uh, is going to prove that we can, we can give you that edge. And that's, that's uh, through that process, that's, there, there's the winning strategy. You have to plant when it's raining, right? And so the last, 
when we went into 2020, we had uh, a seven-figure verbal commitment from, you know, from whatever. And, and a lot of that fell apart uh, come March uh, when things really shut down. And I had to look at my team and say, hey, I've seen this, right? I, I, I've, looked, I've seen this, this play out in, in my previous companies mm-hmm. where I start something and all of a sudden hard happens, right? Yeah, you, you know, something happens. Yeah. And I said, here's what we have to do. We have to put our heads down and stay focused. Forget the noise. Stay focused on getting our products built because we want to make sure that we're there when when things begin to 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 emerge out, and that's that's where we are today. Yeah, that's some some phenomenal advice. Anything else you want to speak to just the different entrepreneurs on the show, like what they're going through right now in this transition and 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 during you know everything that's changing? I know there's a lot of things happening with you know the coronavirus and also 5G. The technology is going to come out from that and uh, and everything. What are your recommendations to keep people focused and keep on track? Hard happens, right? If you're if you're looking for easy, don't don't do this, right? That's specifically one of those. Um, but believe in what you're doing, and just walk. Don't worry. A lot of people, you know, they say that today is all that matters, and I I am a complete and utter believer of that, right? Past leaves regret, the future leaves anxiety. Focus today. There's a great book by Eckhart Tolle called Power of Now. Um, it says, hey, I'm where I'm at not right now is all that matters. Yes, I have a North Star that I'm being guided by, but today, what can I do today to make one more step? And and that's what we've, you know, what we've accomplished, what I've what I had to learn through my journey uh, and what we've been doing at Fidelis over the course of 2020 is we don't get too far ahead of things. We don't think about shutdowns and those kind of things. What we think about is, is what's our product look like today and what can it look like tomorrow? Uh, and that's about as far out as we look, um, and uh, it is serving us well. I love it. Yeah, that's really great advice, people. Um, so cool, John. You know, I know that you're you're doing some really great work with Fidelis. There's a lot of people that are in the recruiting space, the hospitality space that listen to the show. Lots of entrepreneurs. What are you looking for right now to help grow um, and and continue to make an impact with Fidelis? As we walk into as we walk into Q4 here in a couple of weeks, right? Interestingly, you know, amazingly enough, yeah. we're ready for for our next investment round. We're ready for for to look at uh, people who want to get on our uh, our train specifically and 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 be on this ride as we uh, redefine what the consumer experience loyalty space looks like. And so, I'm looking for investment conversations. Uh, uh, every day. And so that's, uh, that's the number one on my, on, on, um, on my list. Definitely. We'll put you in connection. Uh, John, how do you, how do people get a hold of you? Um, do they go to your LinkedIn? Is there an email that you prefer? What's your main, uh, main source of uh, connection? You can, uh, pretty easily connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you, if you, I think if you search John Kepley, I'll, I'll come up. Um, and it's really, I'm at, I'm at that LinkedIn in backslash John Kepley is my, is my, there. I'm at jk at fidelisideas.com is the email address. And so those are the two places that, that are best. And you can go to fidelisideas.com as our website. I'm, I'm on there as well. You can just click the link. Fantastic. Well, John, I really appreciate you being on the show. Guys, if you want to get a, get a hold of uh, him and, and see the great work that he's doing at Fidelis, it sounds like you know there's going to be a lot of uh, amazing things you're going to be doing in the hospital, hospitality space and just kind of the journey space with individuals going from anything they need to if they're transitioning into a new city and make one. 
kind of want a one-stop shop, like everything comes into one piece. That is really the future of what we're going into because people get annoyed with um, being able to go into transition from one app to another app and then having to do this and do that. The amount of point of contact that people are needing to do right now is just getting less and less and less, right? It, people want press one button, one click buy, I want my thing, I want it there now. Um, and you're, you're, you're helping companies do this and, and being able to get through this pandemic. So I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Hopefully I have on the show a little bit later on in the following year and see how Fidelis has grown and transitioned through um, this, this time and, and continue to scale. So wish you all the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.